Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Here you go. Here you go. Correction. Not the word of the day, just a correction, a mea culpa. I am the grammar police, and I take great pride in my grammar. And yesterday when I was discussing Theo Epstein and one of his quotes, I made a complete mistake as it relates to subject and object pronoun use. And Theo put me in a statement, and I said it should have been I. He did say that instead of who, but that's not relevant. The fact is I was wrong in grammar. Theo was right, and I appreciate the people who got into my Twitter at David P. Sampson. As I was doing the segment yesterday, it felt like I may be wrong, but have you ever been in that position where you go down a road and you say, you know what? I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to keep going. You only are lost if you turn around. But it just, I was wrong. And then it was confirmed to me by two, more than two, might I say, listeners who were paying attention to the difference between subject and object pronouns. The whole me and I thing can get very confusing. Theo, I apologize. While I want everyone's grammar to be better, I include me because no one is perfect. And yesterday, I was less than even mediocre in that regard. Roulette is the word of the day today, though. Not correction, it's roulette. As in the game of chance in Las Vegas, which is now open, Roulette is a game where you would think that you had a 50-50 chance. It's either going to land on red or it's going to land on black, a red number or a black number. But there are actually two other little areas on the roulette wheel, zero and double zero, that are both green. So your odds really aren't 50-50 when you choose red or black, even though you get paid as though it were 50-50. Why is roulette my word of the day, you're asking? Well, 50-50 or close to 50-50 is the way I always viewed the MLB draft. Major League Baseball is the only sport where roulette and 50-50 would actually be used in the same sentence because if you're in the NBA and you have a lottery pick and you have do not get a star, if not a starter, if not an all-star, if you don't have someone on your team the next season who is performing, you have failed. The odds are way better in the NFL and and NBA that you will get a player of impact in the first round. MLB is completely different than that. It is absolutely a spin of the wheel. We did many, many studies, analytics. We counted cups of coffee by first round picks, impact first round picks. It really is harder than you think to find a player, whether he is in high school or in college, who can make it and develop all the way and get to the big leagues and be a performing player. Tonight is the MLB draft. Are you ready? I'll be on CBS Sports HQ starting at 7 o'clock on June 10th, 2020. It's a Wednesday. The reason I'll be on HQ is I'll be talking about the draft from a front office standpoint all the things that go into a draft, what is the reality as a team president, as a GM, how you look at these kids, how you look at these young men, 
and try to discern how quickly they'll be able to help you. Of course, the draft is going to be virtual today. It's always virtual. What we used to do is fly. MLB would invite your, your VIPs to the room in New Jersey where MLB Network has a studio. And so we would send representatives like Jack McKee and sometimes we'd send our old traveling secretary named Bill Beck, one of the most famous traveling secretaries of all time in the industry. Maybe we'd send Andre Dawson or Tony Perez or Jeff Conine or Juan Pierre, somebody who was, would put a good face as a Marlin. There'd be a phone in front. And then whether your GM is Larry Beinfest or Mike Hill, <clears throat> whoever it is, they would be in a draft room. They would call the phone number and they'd say, Jack, we're drafting Yelich. It doesn't mean one thing, right? That's just telling them the way the draft actually works. It's always virtual. The reality is that each player actually has a number. Let's say 867-5309 is the number of the player you want to draft. So you actually enter into a computer system and you say on the phone, the GM does, the Marlins with the third pick in the draft will be taking player number 867-5309, John Doe, right-handed pitcher, Minnesota. I have no idea why I just made that up. Some of you may know why 867-5309 is a great draft number. So it is virtual. We'll see where the commissioner is. We'll see what they do. It, we have always had draft envy. There's a dollar coca. They've always had draft envy at Major League Baseball, wanting the draft to be as exciting as it is major in uh, the NBA or NFL, wanting to get crowds of people and make it a huge deal. It's going to be simulcast tonight like the NFL draft was, I believe. It's just hard to get the attention because fan engagement is not as significant because they've just not heard of these players before. You know that college basketball players being drafted, they come out of college, the NCAA tournament. People have heard of them. They've rooted for them. They've bet on them or against them. In the NFL, college football, they were in the bowl. They were in the championship game, in a bowl game. Not in MLB. Some of them are in the Omaha World Series. Some of them are, most of them are high schoolers, but most of them no one's ever heard of. So we'll see if MLB, through its virtual program, does something like the NFL did, if there'll be a big video in the beginning. Maybe Dr. Fauci, although I think Dr. Fauci. Has anyone seen Dr. Fauci? I got an APB out for Dr. Fauci. used to be on TV all the time, and all of a sudden no one liked what he was saying, and guess what happens? You're off TV. But I think he's still doing his job. Maybe there'll be some sort of video about what's going on in the world. Maybe with the demonstrations, the protests. I don't know. Wait to see. Not my wait to see, but we're going to see tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, CBS Sports HQ. Tune in. Me and my beard will be there. My beard and I will be there. (laughs) So what am I looking for in this draft Just three things. I want to point out a few interesting nuggets about this year's draft that make it different. Number one, it's five rounds instead of 40 rounds, which simply means that owners and presidents and GMs can't draft their cousins or their friends' children. 
which is something that would often happen as a fun little gift and resume builder in the 39th or 40th round. There's only five rounds. It means that all the great players drafted after the fifth round, which every draft is measured when we would evaluate our scouting director, we would use the first round a bit, but we would really look deep in the draft and say, where's the value? Because the mock drafts that everyone does, all the media does, what we would do as a front office, we would have the first round done. We'd have a board of players, people we wanted in order. It would have nothing to do with the mock draft. And the interesting part about it is that in the first round, it wouldn't matter to us what mock draft people would be saying. All that would matter is what, how we would order the players. So we would put names on a board and it would go one through a hundred. Those are the top hundred players we actually would want, having nothing to do with what other teams would want. We then would have a category of players based on their signability. We've spoken to the agents and the agent wants more money than we're willing to pay to this player. So that player would be said to be not signable. Then we'd have a list of players who are two sport athletes, those players who are threatening to play football or basketball. Then we'd have a list of players who are threatening to go to college. And then we would break down that list into we believe them or we don't believe them. Then we'd have a list of college juniors and how quickly they would be able to get to the big leagues. This is going to be important right now. Because in a draft like today, where today's the first round, 7 o'clock, First 37 picks, because that includes a competitive balance round. Doesn't really matter what that means, except some teams get extra picks. Tomorrow will be competitive balance round B, which are other teams getting extra picks who don't violate certain rules and are low revenue. And then you'll have the second, third, fourth, and fifth round tomorrow. So why am I saying that in a five-round draft, it's going to look different today? The reason is because the way the season is going right now, where we're looking at 50 to 60 to 70 games in an absolute sprint, where there's been a full off season following a very short spring training, like a month spring training, then another practical full off season. And now we're going to start another spring training part uh, and then play whether it's 50, 60, 70, 80 games, it doesn't matter. And then there could be 16 teams in the playoffs. That does matter because all the teams with maybe three or four exceptions will think they have a shot. But there's going to be more injuries this year than other years. And there could be players who are opting out, deciding not to play. We're going to talk about all that next segment. But the fact is that this year, as you're looking at your draft, you want to draft players who are closer to the big leagues. I believe that college players will be drafted early and often. And I believe those college players have a far better chance to move through the system way faster than normal. Number one, there is no system right now. These college players could easily be brought right into spring training starting whenever it starts in the next two, three weeks and be part of a 50-man roster. The difference between college players and high school players always was that high school players have higher upside. College players have higher probability. They are what they are. You scout them, you see them. 
In this case, there's been a whole year of scouting missed because high school games and seasons were canceled for the most part. The college season was canceled. While you've been following players sometimes since they were 15 years old, you are missing any sort of recent data about their abilities. But yet, when a pitcher can throw 99 miles an hour, has a wipeout slider, has the ability to be polished, and that pitcher is in high school, no way that pitcher is going to see the big leagues this year. But if that pitcher's 21 years old, the junior in college, there's a far better chance. So what I'm looking for are more college players to be drafted than high school players because owners are going to trump their GMs and say, listen, we need to draft players who are quicker and quicker to the big leagues. There's a rumor going on right now that the Angels in the 10th slot could actually not draft a player. What's interesting about that is the Angels have been rumored to have been hardline on a lot of financial issues right now. And I believe that it's not going to happen, but here's why I have sometimes suggested to our baseball people that we skip a pick. And this is going to, I mean, I've re- I don't think I've ever discussed this publicly. It is going to cause great consternation with people in our old scouting department. But here's the reality. When I'm faced with a budget deficit and I'm looking at ways to cut, and the reality is that I don't want to have to cut the payroll anymore because that would mean maybe trading away a fifth or sixth starter or not having depth on the bench or maybe even getting a starting center fielder or bottom of the order bat. When I'm looking at numbers, I look at a first round pick who in our slot is supposed to be paid $6 million. I'm looking at players who the scouting department say, this is once in a generational talent. Scouting directors, and listen, all respect, it is an impossible job. You are trying to project that Christian Yelich is going to become Christian Yelich. And Christian Yelich, who had a beautiful swing in high school, but he was practically my size, very sort of thin and not built out. He had no power, yet the scouts say he is going to hit for power. He's going to hit for average. He is going to be an MVP candidate. This is someone you want to have in your system and you meet him and you've just given him a ton of money and you're saying to yourself, really? Really? So when I'm going through a budget, I say to myself, I can save $6 million here, not draft someone in the first round, try to find a nugget in the later rounds for a much smaller signing bonus and save that money and move it to the big league payroll. Could the Angels do that? Maybe. Maybe. But I don't think so. This year especially, I think you will see all teams, let's just say the top 10 from the Tigers down to the Angels, they will take a player who they believe can help them as quickly as possible or is a stud high schooler who has a long-term, long-term MVP type of upside. But after five rounds, what happens? And by the way, let me just mention why I can promise you that that's going to happen is in the old days, like last year, when you draft a player for $6 million, you actually have to pay out that money 
they get approved. You have to, let's say, August 1st to sign the player. Then they get a certain amount of money within 30 days of their signing up to half. And you can delay half only up to a year after they are drafted. Now the rules are that if a player gets drafted for $6 million this year, the owners only have to pay that player $100,000 within 30 days of that player signing. And then July of 2021, they pay half of the remaining $5.9 million. And then July of 22, they pay the other half. All deferred, no interest. Not great for the players, I grant you. The kids who were signed who need that money but really good for the owners and for the cash flow and for the budget. By the way, another thing, the current players like Sean Doolittle let happen in that March agreement while they were supposed to be taking care of this generation of players. But I digress. So when you sit and watch the draft unfold, I want to bring you inside the draft room and inside what is happening between people in the draft room and the front office and how you lead up to that draft room. There is no one, no group of people I've ever come across in baseball more paranoid than scouts. They would come to me and tell me stories I stayed in my car, David. No one saw me looking at Giancarlo Stanton. I didn't go to one Jose Fernandez game, David, not one. And when I, when I had someone else go who no one would recognize, they stood out in the outfield with a little binocular, binoculars. David, we have to change the locks in the scouting department room where we're going to have our draft war room. They called it. I used to hate that. It's not a war room. This is not the Churchill war rooms. This is scouting major league potential players. Let's get some perspective folks. We're going to have to change the locks. I would get a call from our head of stadium operations. David, I just heard from baseball. They need locks. They need the windows covered. They need a memo to go out that nobody shall enter the room. No cleaning people. Nobody. Because cleaning people could look at the board, take a picture, and know that the Marlins in the seventh round have an interest in Dr. Cocktoston. That's from Fletch, by the way. Dr. Rosen Rosen. (laughs) Remember that? It's a good scene. Check it out. I always laughed, but I always gave in to the baseball side because I didn't want them to be distracted by any sort of possibility to have any excuse for any lack of performance in getting the right players. So we would black out the windows, lock the doors, change the locks, send a memo. No one can go close. We would put food in like Carol Baskin feeding the tigers. We would put food like on a platter and shove it into the room and quickly remove it so we wouldn't have our hands bitten off. There'd be videos going, showing videos. There'd be talking back and forth about this player, about that player. And the videos, if you've never seen a video of a potential drafted player, they're pretty funny. It's a swing of a bat at a BP, and then another swing, and it's cut and edited, so it's swing after swing after swing. And then in that bat, and he'd run to first. Look at that speed. That guy's got plus speed. Look at that swing. That, that's going to play. That swing plays. 
Look at that. Well, that's a repeatable delivery, they would say about pitchers. That's repeatable. That's important. That's a little funky. We're a little worried about that. Listen, we spoke to his coach. There could be a drug issue. He's also not really social. Hey, we spoke to his parents. This is a good guy, but hey, he's got Boris as an agent. By the way, on the board would also be every player agent. This is a very inexact science with men who spend up to 280 to 290 days on the road, going from airport to airport to field to field, looking for a diamond in the rough, trying to be right about something that is so difficult to be right in. It's a shout out right now to Jim Fleming, Stan Meek, and all the scouts who I had in my 18 years who found some unbelievable players and had some unbelievable misses. But that's what happens when the word of the day is roulette. Well, back to the big leagues. So you want to talk to Samson. It's a good one. Normal. People are frantic. How many days in a row can we talk about Major League Baseball and the negotiating with the Major League Baseball Players Association, I say we're going to keep going until there's games on the field and I can shave this incredibly hairy beard. So So You Want to Talk to Samson is from a movie called Half-Baked. For all of you new listeners to Nothing Personal wanting to know, what is that? So You Want to Talk to Samson? Yes, you do. At David P. Samson, D-A-V-I-D-P, as in Philip, S-A-M-S-O-N. Get into my DMs, they're public, and ask a question. I was asked, will MLB accept the latest offer from the Major League Baseball Players Association? It's a very simple question. This segment, as Coke and I were talking about the show, could be 20 seconds. So you want to talk to Samson. Will MLB accept the latest offer from the Players Association? No. Okay, moving on. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to leave it at that. How could I? It's nothing personal. I still have like 30 minutes with you. No, maybe not. I actually have no idea how many minutes I have. I'm going to say I have 24 minutes left. I could spend all 24 minutes going on this, but here it is. The union had till Wednesday, June 10th to respond to MLB's latest offer, and they did. And here's what they offered. The players in their old offer said, we want to play 114 games and we want to get pay, paid our full prorated salaries. They now came back and said, you know what? We're good. We'll play 89 games, but still get our full prorated salaries. The players said, we will allow for expanded playoffs in 2020 and 2021. Let me explain the irony of this little issue so that everyone's on the same page. Major League Baseball players do not get paid except for playing 162 regular season games. They don't get paid for the spring training games. They don't get paid for playoff games. If you are a playoff team, you get what's called a playoff share. We've talked about it, nothing personal. So there is an opportunity to make extra money. But even if you make it all the way to the end of the World Series, you're talking about an extra 300 grand for playing that extra month. Now that sounds like a lot of money, right? What's 300 grand times six, Coca? Hurry up. 1.8 million. 
That's the equivalent of making 1.8 million for a six month season. That is less than the average salary. So the players are playing playoff games, not for the love of the game, not for money, because they're told to in a collective bargaining agreement. Now the players will tell you it's all about rings. We want to win. Okay. I have come across players who actually care about winning. I've also come across players who don't care one iota about winning. They're cashing their paychecks and they're moving right along. When they're not in the race in September, their heads are ready out of the game. If they've got, if they've got a long-term contract, they're planning their off season. They're packing their bags. This is not every player. Don't at me. Oh, you can at me if you want. But the players said, as part of this offer, we will agree to expanded playoffs in 2020 and 2021. Why is that a give? Because in the old days, like last year, only eight out of 30 teams made the playoffs. Now the players are saying up to 16 teams may make the playoffs. That means more than half of the union will be playing extra games below their pro rata. Daily pay rate. So to them, that's a give. To fans in cities around the country, it's exciting. More playoffs. My team has a chance. Not to the players. The players said that they want the postseason to start October 12th. Anyone know why that date's important? Have you listened to nothing personal this week? October 12th is the last possible day of the NBA Finals. Major League Baseball players say, we don't want to go up against the NBA Finals. So we will have a regular season that ends before the finals. Let me, let me try to say that in a totally better way. We will not have MLB playoffs competing with NBA playoffs. Okay. The players also said that they're willing to do jewel events after the season, like an all-star game or a home run derby. We already told you what that is worth. Zero point zero. It's Blutarski's GPA. I'm not letting any of my players play in an all-star game or do a home run derby a month after the regular season ends. Players are saying we will agree to broadcast enhancements for regular and postseason games. But if there is no agreement and you commissioner implement a 50 game schedule against us, we will not allow broadcast enhancements. Do you understand what the players are saying in this particular circumstance? They are saying that while we acknowledge that broadcast enhancements are good for the game, audience loves it, broadcast networks love it, and those broadcast networks are the ones who pay money to the league, which then passes money to the players in the form of payroll. But we're saying as players, nah, we're only going to do that if you agree to our deal. If you implement, we're not going to do those enhancements. Opt-outs. Here's where the players are. Let me just ask you all, all the listeners. You may think I'm being pro-owner. I have gone after owners nonstop because I don't want to get back into baseball. I love my job talking to you every day. I'm not looking to become a president of another team in any sport. I'm going to be with you until you won't have me anymore. And then I'm going to be with you just a little bit longer. Today, I am on the side of the owners because this offer is unacceptable. An opt-out is when 
By the way, I'm totally self-conscious. If you're watching this on YouTube, we have a new YouTube channel and the URL is right now 483-2697-54309B, capital X, lowercase q, J underscore PA. But in about 14 days, it'll just be nothing personal. But you can search it on YouTube and find it. Apparently, I play with this cable, which is the charger. And I do because I keep seeing that it's off. And then I try to make sure it's back okay. So if you're watching this on YouTube... I'm sorry, but now it's in my head that I'm playing with it so often, but it has to be adjusted when it has to be adjusted. And that's just the way it is. Are we good? Are we good? So the opt-out is the following according to the players. Here's the rule. If you are a high-risk player, that's a player who may have recovered from cancer. Anthony Rizzo has recovered from cancer. He may be considered a high-risk player. If you have had some sort of immunodeficiency, immune deficiency. If you are over a certain age, there are high risk categories, except baseball players said, we will define high risk. High risk will be defined by MLBPA. If you're high risk and you opt out and don't want to play, here's the rule. You get paid your full salary and get all of your service time. Remember, you know this, service time is gold. And by the way, if any player lives with anyone in a high-risk category, that player can opt out, not play, get paid full salary and get full service time. Any player living with a parent, a grandparent, any player whose wife is pregnant, any player whose wife, significant other, live-in, boyfriend, girlfriend, any friend, a roommate, then you get full salary and service. And by the way, anybody else can also opt out. But we agree if they're not high risk, they don't live with anyone high risk, as defined by us, along with the help of our doctors. This is the union talking. Anyone else can opt out, but... We agree we'll give in. They won't get pay. They won't get service time. This is not going to fly with the owners in any way. Oh, by the way, we will agree, the players said, to a $5 million joint fund as a donation to help raise awareness for social justice. I, I, I don't even want to talk about that. It's a very good. You know what? I'm just going to do a 180. I am going to talk about it and say people who give what they can charitably, I have great respect for. People who can and don't, I have no respect for. Whatever amount you choose to give as part of the beard challenge, as part of any of this, any of the issues in 2020, whether it's a dollar or more, I have no criticism of. So it's very nice that the union agreed that they would help fund a $5 million social justice fund. That is a nice thing. Overall, this entire proposal will be rejected by MLB. Baseball media members will be upset, distraught, despondent, and then it'll all be okay. There will be a season even if Rob Manfred has to implement a 50-game schedule where players re receive their full pro rata salaries, which he has the right to do, either way, we will get to watch baseball. Will the players be annoyed? 
Probably. But I've been around players for 18 years and a lot of them are annoyed a lot. It doesn't mean they're not going to try hard. It doesn't mean they don't want to try and make more money by getting good stats and performing well. Will there be significant amount of players who opt out and choose not to play? That is a very troubling way to see. But the overarching theme that I continue to impress upon those listening to Nothing Personal is that there's still COVID to think about. Major League Soccer just announced we're back in Orlando. We're playing a 54-game tournament starting July 8th, and then we're going to scatter to everyone's home cities, and we're going to play the rest of the regular season leading up to the MLS Cup and the Champions League play and whatever else they're doing. Meanwhile, cities are getting more positive tests and higher rates of positive tests who have opened up, whether it's Texas or Florida or Arizona or myriad states. The reality is that we as fans have a responsibility to try to keep our area and people around us smart and safe. Spread the word if you see irresponsible behavior. That could impact our ability to get sports back way more than the fighting between the players and MLB. We'll be right back, and there's going to be a rocket launch when we return. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. We're back and we're talking movies because I'm watching them. I have no idea. I think this was someone in my uh, Twitter at David P. Sampson who asked me to watch this movie. I had never heard of it, so I have a funny story about it. I was told to watch Bottle Rocket. For whatever reason, I didn't realize it was Owen Wilson's, that he wrote it and that it was his acting debut. I didn't realize it was Wes Anderson's first movie that he ever directed. And when someone said that I should watch Bottle Rocket, what I thought of was actually Jennifer Connelly. I thought, in my mind, Bottle Rocket was the Rocketeer. So I thought I had seen it, wasn't sure. I turn on Bottle Rocket. And I look at the first scene, and there's Luke Wilson, who's Owen's brother, Luke from old school, et cetera. And guess what? I'd never seen it before. Bottle Rocket, directed by Wes Anderson. 
Do you know that it did so badly and there was such a problem with the movie that Owen Wilson almost, and I saw this as a trivia sort of mention on a great website, IMDb, he was going to join the Marines. He was so despondent about his acting career. Having watched the movie, I don't blame him. You can see sort of the beginning of the wedding crasher, Owen Wilson, maybe sort of a glimpse of the Marley and me possible Owen Wilson. You see definitely the sort of nub of the old school Luke Wilson. But the movie itself is about two guys who are trying to, who are basically petty thieves. James Kahn appears in this movie. I have no idea why. It is quirky in a way that Wes Anderson would use to make some of his great movies that followed, whether it was the Tenenbaums, Royal Tenenbaums, or Life Aquatic of Steve Zissou, Grand Budapest Hotel. I have not seen, I think his last movie, uh, it's the animated one with, uh, the, uh, with the dogs, called uh, Isle, of, Isle of Dogs. I think it's called Isle, Isle of Dogs. I haven't seen it. Wes Anderson has become one of the great directors of his generation. If you have a chance, it's not long, hour and a half bottle rocket. It's sort of fun to see how these amazing actors and directors got their starts. I'm all in if you're all in. Actually, I was already all in. The NBA is not quite all in, but they are certainly making tremendous strides towards playing on July 31st. We said that there's been one mistake that they made, and it's true they did. They announced with the start of their season happening July 31st that the following season, 2000 and 2021 season, would commence on December 1st. What was interesting about that is for whatever reason, Adam Silver had not mentioned that to the head of the NBA Players Association, someone named Michelle Roberts, and she was very unhappy. Well, now word came out yesterday that the NBA may condense its schedule in the 2020-21 season because they have got to get the season finished in time for their players to get to Tokyo for the July 2021 Olympics. Let me go back and remind you, the Tokyo Olympics were supposed to be happening July of 2020. Everyone said I was crazy. I told you at Nothing Personal a hundred episodes ago, it feels like, that the Olympics were 100% going to be postponed. Forget no fans. They were a straight, straight postponement. They were postponed a year to July of 21. There is some discussion whether or not Tokyo still will have all sorts of fans from around the world or athletes come and have an Olympic in 2021. But that said, that's the plan. You know that NBA players actually play in the Olympics, unlike Major League Baseball players. And you're aware that in the NBA, there are scores of international players who definitely go back and play for their countries in the Olympics. So you cannot have, under any scenario, an NBA season that ends in July next year. Remember, the NBA season normally ends in June, mid-June with the NBA Finals. That would give players a couple weeks, then they get themselves to Tokyo. So what the NBA is saying is, we need to have a full regular season in 20 and 21, The finals this year in 20 are scheduled to end at the latest October 12th. You remember that date from the baseball conversation 20 minutes ago. 
Then on November 10th, spring training will open. I just said spring training. That's 18 years in baseball. NBA training camps will open. So the finals would end for a player. Just say it's, I don't know, Giannis on October 12th or LeBron. LeBron then would get less than a month off and have to go right back to training camp. Then December 1st, game one. Then a condensed schedule to get all the games in, maybe four games in five nights like it used to be, maybe more sets of back-to-back. Well, if you think that this is going to happen and there's not going to be some sort of load management discussion or pushback from the NBA PA, then you're not paying attention to labor issues. The reality is that labor issues are forthcoming in all the sports because of COVID and because of trying to get as many games as possible into as small a window as possible. But it says here that NBA and the players will work together. The season will not start December 1st. It will start after that, but before Christmas when that was rumored to be the start because all of the players in the union want a longer off season and the ability to have the possibility of going to Tokyo. It's day 87 of the ML Beard Challenge. If you're new to nothing personal, we are giving away $1,000 every single day for 100 days. It's been 86. Today is 87. It's hard to imagine. $1,000 to organizations helping people impacted by COVID. And for the last 10 days, we've been choosing organizations that make a difference. Black Lives Matter and trying to, trying to eliminate all types of racism. Well, we're choosing an organization that I want to talk about for a few moments. It's called the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union. The ACLU is something that I was brought up to believe was for liberals, for left-wing people. Until I went to law school and I learned what the ACLU actually is. And it took me to the age of 52. I was today, yesterday, I was yesterday years old when I learned more about the ACLU and why I chose them to be the Day 87 recipient of the $1,000. Did you know that in the years following World War I, America, as you may remember, was gripped by the fact that there could be, and I got all this from their website, I'm not making this up, there, there was going to be a communist revolution that had taken place in Russia and that communism was going to spread to the U.S. So what happened in November of 1990 and January of 1920, there were things called the Palmer Raids, named after the attorney general at the time, Mitchell Palmer, who began rounding up and deporting any of these so-called radical people who there was a fear that communism was going to come to the U.S. Thousands of people ended up getting arrested. No warrants, no absolute constitutional protection of any kind against unlawful search and seizures. In any case, they were arrested. In the face of these abuses, a small group of guys, I said, guys, I actually don't know if that's true, a small group of individuals, they said, we are going to be helpful here. We are going to take a stand against this unlawful search and seizure, against people who do not pay attention to our constitutional rights. And thus was born the American Civil Liberties Union. 
Do you know that people in the ACLU actually, they protect people's right to do things that would make your blood boil? Remember Skokie, Illinois, all the Nazi sympathizers, the anti-Semites, the anti-everyone but themselves? Why would the ACLU defend them? Because when you have a First Amendment right, you've got that right as an American and you've got the right to say things that make everybody else's blood boil, makes your hair stand up. People have the right to say things that are so disgusting, disgraceful, distasteful, but they've got the right to do it. The ACLU makes sure that everyone has the right. What's ironic is all the people who are so in favor of Second Amendment. And again, I'm not saying where I am on any issue right now. Right now, there will come a moment. And if you pay attention to a thread throughout Nothing Personal, you may get an inkling. The ACLU protects everyone's constitutional rights. That's what they do. If you've got an extra $19, I'm not a card-carrying member of the ACLU. But guess what? I am now. You got $19, a dollar a day? Please, please. Thank you. Wait to see. Man, I, I, I've struggled with this because I promise you all that when I'm right, I'm right. When I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I try to end every show with a wait to see of what I think is going to happen. I did a bonus wait to see earlier in the show, which we're booking as a wait to see, which is that a player drafted in the first round or tomorrow in the second through fifth round, one player drafted at least in 2020 Major League Baseball draft will make an appearance on a Major League roster this year. But I'm going with the second wait to see because I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed because I have to say I lost it. Wait to see. And I'm trying to win everyone and I don't. I get some of them wrong. And when I do, I tell you, I started the show with a correction. I'm not going to be right all the time. This one is tough for me because I said there is no way the UFC under Dana White's direction will ever, ever fight on a private island. And my view of the private island I pictured Richard Branson's Island or Jeffrey Epstein's Island. You heard me say yesterday, it's one of those things like Johnny Depp, you buy it for a couple million dollars. Somehow you ship in food, you helicopter in, you boat it in, whatever you do, that's a private island. And then he was going to bring everyone there and the fighters were going to stay there for a month and there'd be all sorts of, it would be the safest, greatest place in the world. And I said, ridiculous. Well, it is official UFC is moving for a month to an island in Abu Dhabi in the United Arab Emirates. They said no one else will be within 10 square miles. They're calling it the UFC Fight Island. I think I win. That's not a private island. That's all right. I'm going to say I lost. When asked whether Dana White would be forced to quarantine upon his return to the U.S., Dana White said, eh, a lot of stuff that's coming out about the Corona's pandemic is turning out to be BS. So I think by the time I get back by then, things will have loosened up. Well, here's my way to see Dana White. You may be on your own island but I promise you will have a positive test during the month that you will be on Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. There will be. And then what are you going to do? You're going to have to look at that fighter and say, oops, 
But this is business you can't fight, and it's nothing personal.